Welcome back to the Ask Pastor John podcast. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas weekend to reflect on the Savior and his birth and his sacrifice for us. Jesus is beautiful, and we talk about his beauty a lot as a way of fleshing out what it means to have faith and to treasure Christ for all that he is for us. But he is fundamentally beautiful. That's common language for us here at DG. But that language leads to a problem, too, and to a question from a podcast listener named Adam. Pastor John, how does a masculine Christian, a man's man, see Jesus as beautiful? It's odd and uncomfortable for me, a man, to look upon another man, even the God-man, and say, beautiful. Yet I believe that expectation of men, indeed all people, is not only taught in Scripture, but a necessary ingredient to saving faith. This is troublesome and quite unnerving to me. Can you help me come to terms with the awkwardness I feel here? So should we feel awkward as men or Christians in general, women or men, should we feel awkward, but especially men, uh, seeing Jesus as beautiful? That was the first thing he said. And then uh, should we feel awkward to look upon the God-man and say beautiful? Well, the answer is yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, If the term beautiful carries with it connotations of any sensuality at all, there should be an awkwardness in calling Jesus beautiful. Indeed, I would say, if the preponderance of what we mean when we say beautiful in reference to Jesus refers to his physical appearance, we should feel awkward. And here's, here are the reasons, a couple of reasons. First, because when the Bible does talk about the physical appearance of the Son of Man on earth, it describes him as the opposite of beautiful. Isaiah 53, 2, he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look upon him, and no beauty, no beauty that we should desire him. Fifty two fourteen. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So we should get out of our minds all notions that calling Jesus beautiful says anything about his physical appearance while he was on the earth. He was not physically beautiful as far as we know and certainly not at the end of his life during his sufferings. Um, In his exalted state, his resurrection-glorified body, the way he's described in Revelation 1, for example, it would be completely appropriate to attach the word uh, beautiful in a very exalted way. He, here's what it says. I saw one like a son of man clothed in a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. 
The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace. His voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. That man is beautiful the way Niagara Falls is beautiful, the way the Northern Lights are beautiful, the way uh, the Hubble telescopes' pictures of the galaxies are beautiful. Nevertheless, I still stand by my statement, if the preponderance of what we mean when we say beautiful in reference to Jesus refers to his physical appearance, even his glorified appearance, we should feel awkward. Because, um, and this is, this is the main answer to Adam's question, because the reason that calling Jesus beautiful is, is never, neither in his incarnate state or or his glorified state the the reason is he's never called beautiful fully appropriately because of his physical appearance no matter how glorious but rather because of the excellence of his character and the greatness of his deeds when four jets the blue angels roar overhead with deafening thunder, aiming at each other from the four points of the compass. They're going 400 miles an hour, and as they approach each other, ready to collide, suddenly they simultaneously, all four, do a 90 degrees in a vertical ascent, and up they go, belly to belly, straight up in the air. Nobody misunderstands when you say, beautiful. <laughs> or, or when an Olympic gymnast on the rings, swings himself in a double back somersault and suddenly nails a motionless iron cross without the slightest swing in the ropes. And you drop your jaw and say, beautiful, nobody misunderstands. Or when a, a small boat where the family in it is about to be swept away in a horrible flood tide rushing through a town, and you get one chance to throw a rope as it comes by, this little boat comes by, and you throw it, and the rope happens to land perfectly in the hands of the one person who could catch it, and the people with tears in their eyes say, beautiful. Nobody misunderstands. Or when a father sees his child snatched away by a wild animal and he, th he throws himself against the animal at the loss of his own life to save his child, everybody knows what we mean when we say that was beautiful. Now, when all of that beautiful virtue and all of that uh, beautiful achievement are summed up in one person, which it is in Jesus, that person is so identified with all of his virtuous capacities and all of his magnificent achievements that it is natural, natural, not awkward, natural to call the person himself beautiful for all those reasons. When Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, he meant 
the utter devotion, the self-sacrifice, the unflinching resolution, the overflowing love that motivated the feet to move toward the, the lost made the feet beautiful. The, the feet aren't beautiful. <laughs> feet aren't beautiful. They're, they're gross, especially bare feet in primitive cultures. Uh, feet on the way to die for others are beautiful feet, no matter what they look like. And the beauty of Christ that the devil does not want us to see or talk about or celebrate is not his physical appearance, but the peculiar glory, the peculiar brightness of all the excellencies that shines most brightly in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and in the power of the resurrection. That's precisely what Paul meant when he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory or the beauty of Christ. That glory, that beauty is the beauty of his moral perfections expressed in the gospel. So I think Adam is justified in feeling awkward if we carelessly refer to the beauty of Jesus so that it sounds like we're adoring his physical appearance. Let's find language. So Adam, join me. <laughs> join me in in groping for language for men and for women, for language um, that enables us to revel in the unsurpassed moral and spiritual beauty of one who was so marred that we would not have been able to look at him. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you, Adam, for this really good question. And thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find our audio feeds in our episode archive, and you can reach us via email like Adam did all through our online home at DesiringGod.org forward slash Ask Pastor John. We are going to return on Wednesday, and we have another really good question on the docket. A listener, Amy, wants to know, why are women more eager for missions work than men seem to be? The statistics seem to bear this point out, and I will ask John Piper on Wednesday why he thinks that's the case. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Thanks for listening to the Ask Pastor John podcast.